My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. When Donald Trump left the White House, it's safe to say that not a single person in the world thought that that would be the last we would hear or see of him. Yet remarkably, aside from a few strange appearances, the oxygen on which this man survives attention has been pretty sparse. Is America waking up from this fever dream of a presidency and rather than dealing with what just happened, preferring to get on with their lives? As usual, Marion McKeown is here to help answer these questions and more for you, our patrons on patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad. This week, our members got full exclusive access to my big interview with Blind Boy Boat Club last Sunday, my new mini series on independent booksellers in Ireland, and for the first time, an extended episode with Sonia Sullivan in the Irishman Running Abroad training group. Marion, let's start this Trump update, Trump date, if you want to call it that. <laughs> Trump date. With, with two, I don't want to call it Trump date. I know, it sounds too much like a date with <laughs> Donald Trump. too much <laughs> like something you might actually sign up for. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's start with two questions that people really okay. want to ask. The first one's serious, the second one's a bit silly. Okay. The first Great. is, why is it taking so long to get close to convicting this man of something? And the second is, is Melania still on the scene? Do we know where she is right now? Or is it her double? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the the intrigue and the mystery. Okay, we'll take the serious one first, but I think they're both perfectly smart and legitimate questions. Okay, the serious one is that the quick answer is it can take not just months, it can take years and years to bring a criminal investigation that then goes before a grand jury, which is the procedure in America that then has to come back with an indictment and you then have to assemble an actual jury and then you have to have a trial with all of the adjournments, the you know, the playing for time, the whole thing that happens. It can literally take years from the beginning, from the first time somebody goes, that looks a bit fishy, until the trial is actually heard if there is a trial. The other thing, of course, is, and we have to keep reminding people of this, there is a chance, and I know people are sceptical with good reason, there is a chance Donald Trump has done nothing wrong, that all of these investigations will just exonerate him. And if that's the case, absolutely fair enough, because you know what, people need to know with a degree of certainty one way or the other. So at the moment, you have the Trump organisation, which has it's not just the Trump organization. That That's the nameplate. And underneath, it's like all these frantic little hives of activity where he's selling the rights to use his name in Dubai or somewhere. He's selling steaks somewhere else. He's selling trouser legs somewhere. 
somewhere else. Like all of these sub-licensing agreements that he had, there are then property deals, there are hotels, there are the rights to concessions within hotels. For example, when I was in the... the um, place in, in Washington that he's now trying to sell the Trump International on, on just down from the White House. They had a concession for Brioni. There was some kind of a row going on about that, the very upmarket men's suits. There was a concession for 300-year-old whiskey with some Scottish company. You know, So you've got all of these deals and sub-deals. And then you've got, of course, the children. You've got Eric, you've got Ivanka, you've got Don Jr., who are all involved in various things. Now, I think we spoke the last time about, a, for instance, where it's kind of, honestly, it's, it's, I was writing in the Business Post on Sunday, I said, it's a bit like Succession, that fantastic series. And I don't know if people haven't seen it, watch it. It's brilliant. It's about a, a, a very, oh, does this sound familiar or not? A very crooked, corrupt bullying thug of a billionaire father and these children who are by turns craven and backstabbing and turning on each other and screwed up and and you know and it's it's about you know will the who will end up running the family business and so there's a bit of that in all this meets the sopranos because trump talks like a mobster he runs his business like a mobster he has this thing about loyalty like the omerta almost within the trump organization nobody talks you know so there's all this stuff going on now we had like I say, if, if you look at the players in this, you've got the, the sort of, I mean, Michael Cohen by his own, I've said this before, Gerald, but it's worth saying again, if you, like, there have been a hundred books written about Donald Trump in the last four years. In fact, maybe more than a hundred. And I've read, sadly, a lot and so that you don't have to. So I can tell you, <laughs> either to bother or not to bother. But the one that really struck me for all of its, you know, agenda and, you know, its, its agenda of revenge as the one that where the writer really knew Trump, it was Michael Cohen. And the only one that really knew what goes on in the Trump organization was Michael Cohen because he was in it. He was the fixer guy. He was the guy who took out the trash for years and years and years. So, you know, it, it, like everybody else was, you know, looking from Washington or talking to people close or whatever. But this guy was really, he was in the meat grinder. So, you know, he was the guy who triggered these investigations when he testified before Congress back in was it 2019, I believe? Uh, and then he said that, you know, he had made the payoffs to Stormy Daniels and to Karen McDougall. And of course, that was the, you know, the tax, was there a tax evasion issue there? Did they, were those funds unlawful funds? Were they used, were, were they campaign donations that were then sort of like, um, you know, laundered through some other process? So the thing is that you have incredibly complex, it's not, they're not just looking into one potential fraud in one potential company. They're looking into dozens. They're looking into tax evasion, suspected tax evasion, suspected financial frauds, suspected bank fraud, suspected insurance fraud. God knows what else will be will be unearthed when you're turning over rocks. And then you've got all the other stuff, like even the Trump inauguration, $110 million was raised for that. Nobody knows where that money went. It, I'll tell you something, it certainly didn't go on the inauguration well, because I was there and it was it was run on a shoestring. On a shoestring. Yeah, we, we talked about that before, yeah. that this... Uh, kind of frantic gathering of of cash and the reasons yeah. for it and i think i sent you on whatsapp a link to an independent article about how <laughs> the machine gunning of text messages asking for money to trump supporters yeah it was a fascinating read but a more fascinating read this week for me was that one of the reasons why an actual conviction or even a trial is so far away, might be Joe Biden, that the Biden Justice 
department is forging ahead with this controversial legal effort started under Trump to intervene on Trump's behalf in a defamation lawsuit that we've talked about brought by Eugene Carroll. What do you know about this? You know, this is bizarre. Now, I've spoken to Washington lawyers, Department of Justice people that I know about this, and they are completely split down the middle. I spoke to three or four people and they're absolutely divided. Two of them, well, one and a half, because he was a bit conflicted if the other one, uh, said, look, I can see why they're doing it because they think they need to protect the presidency, that this is bigger than Trump. But then a, a president, the, the, the law, just very briefly, Donald Trump tried to, when when he was sued by E. Jean Carroll, now just a quick reminder, a primer on that, E. Jean Carroll was a magazine columnist and agony aunt, kind of a high profile New Yorker um, who knew Donald Trump. She was pictured at various events with him. He said he never knew her beforehand. Uh, she was shopping in Bergdorf Goodman, the most expensive woman's shop in, in on Fifth Avenue in New York one day. She claims that he came in, he met her there, he followed her into the dressing room and that he raped her. Now, I mean, this is a shocking allegation and she's absolutely adamant about it. She further said that she kept a black shirt dress she was wearing, coat dress she was wearing, that she believes has DNA evidence. Now, Donald Trump immediately came out and said that she was a liar, that this wasn't true. She was just trying to sell a book and she was making it up. So her only comeback then really was to sue him for defamation. So at that point, Donald Trump thought, and it seemed to all of us like he was pulling a fast one, that if you are a federal employee, let's say you work for the Department of Justice and you sue somebody, or you go after them, and it turns out that they were innocent. The law was intended so that they couldn't come back at you personally. So they couldn't say, I'm not suing the Department of Justice, I'm suing that so-and-so lawyer in there, and I'm going to take his house and car for making my life miserable for five years, or whatever. Uh, so the idea is that you couldn't sue individuals in the federal government, you could only sue the institution that they worked for. So Donald Trump tried to say, well, I was working as a federal employee, which the president is not. You know, and again, and this is, I don't think it's ever been construed that, that the president, he's an elected leader. He's not a federal employee. Um, so, and also Donald Trump did refuse to take his salary. So, you know, even there, that would even possibly, if you wanted to really split legal hairs, that would raise another question. Are you an employee if you don't get paid? So, you know, I mean, as I say, there are a number of things, but he said, I'm a federal employee. Therefore, you know, the Department of Justice has to defend me against this woman, E. Jean Carroll, who's suing me in my capacity, you know, as a federal employee, but she wasn't. She was suing for something that Donald Trump did. Not only was he not president then, he wasn't even a politician. So there you have it. That's your taste of the Irishman in America for this week with Marion McKeown. Come on over and hear the rest of the conversation by becoming a member at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad and enjoy all these conversations in full, including our feature interview every Sunday and our back catalogue of nearly eight years of interviews at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.